Hello everyone. Welcome to the newmom.me podcast. I am Pooja Kapoor, founder and CEO of newmom.me. newmom.me is a one-stop resource connecting parents, pre and postpartum service providers, products and classes. Our podcast is dedicated to create awareness about various types of support available for new and parents to be, as well as connecting them with talented providers who are experts in their field. We know how busy life is for parents. So keeping that in mind, we have divided our podcast into small 20-minute sessions which you can hear at your own pace. Today, we are talking to Deborah Brenter, an experienced lactation consultant who has supported hundreds of moms in their breastfeeding journey. In this three-part series, we will cover first, risk factor for breastfeeding and why it is important to learn about them. Second series, we will talk about how to prepare for breastfeeding during your pregnancy and build your postpartum support system. And the third series will cover role of partner, culture and community in breastfeeding and how to successfully bring them together. Good morning, Deborah, and thank you for being here today and being a part of newmom.me podcast. Before we deep dive into the world of breastfeeding, we would love to share with our audience about how you got started as an IBCLC, your business, and what did you currently? Thank you for having me on, Pooja. My background is in nutrition. I have a bachelor's degree in nutrition. And then I went off to Israel where I met my husband and at that time decided I wanted to become an RN. And so I studied to be a registered nurse in Israel, moved to California for my husband's job, mechanical engineer, and worked as an RN until having my own babies in 1994 and 97 mm-hmm. when I fell in love with breastfeeding. And then I said, how can I blend those two things together, my love of nursing with nursing, only the breastfeeding Mm -hmm. kind. And I became a volunteer with Nursing Mothers Council out of El Camino Mountain View in 1997. And eventually, fast forward to sitting for the IBCLC exam in 2018, at which time I decided to open a private practice in the Bay Area doing home visits. And I was working at the time at Good Samaritan Hospital as the leader of the support group and as an inpatient lactation consultant. Fast forward a couple years after that, COVID hit and one of the pediatricians said, hey, why don't you open a practice in my office since you're not doing home visits anymore? And I said, that would be great because the world did not stop in terms of babies being born. Since that time, I've been seeing patients in my office across from Good Samaritan Hospital in San Jose. And most of the time, the visits are covered by the lactation network. And they cover prenatal and postpartum visits unlimited. And that's what I've been doing in addition to taking a job at Kaiser San Jose inpatient. I'm no longer a good Sam, but I'm a Kaiser, which also has excellent outpatient support. So I see the whole gamut of prenatal, postpartum, and then after discharge, home. Thank you so much, first of all, for providing that service. I personally Mm -hmm. had huge challenge when I had my son, had no idea about how breastfeeding works. And since we have launched New Mom, pretty much 
every mom I speak to has some or other form of breastfeeding. So I believe that we need more support and more people going into the profession and talking about it and helping mothers. So thank you for really helping all of us. You are welcome. So I was reading a study which was published by NIH and which found that roughly 90% of new mothers experience breastfeeding difficulty. And this mm-hmm. is something, you know, I personally experienced, moms I have spoken to, because I used to feel that, hey, breastfeeding is natural. And, and lots of people I speak to believe that. But what I have learned from my experience and also from helping other moms that while breastfeeding might be natural, it still requires learning, practice, patience, and tons of support for both mom and baby. Mm-hmm. You know how breastfeeding offers so many benefits to mothers and, and babies, but unfortunately, often it's not an easy journey. So would love mm-hmm. your thoughts on how do we help parents prepare to breastfeed before a baby is born? Like what are mm-hmm. things which parents can do to ensure that when a baby is born, they can transition way more smoothly to breastfeeding? Sure. Well, I like to consider the whole pregnancy, birth, and breastfeeding like a triathlon where you're not even finished once the baby's born. It's actually, that's the starting point for the rest of the baby's life. We mm-hmm. tend to think of, oh, you know, I have to, nine months of pregnancy. Oh, then I have to get the baby out. Of course. So we all mm-hmm. want a beautiful birth. And then it's dumbfounding to think, wow, my baby was getting womb service inside for nine months or less. <laughs> and now we have to life on the outside. And it can be very overwhelming if you haven't done much preparation. And if you have risk factors, I believe it's important to get together with a lactation consultant because risk factors during pregnancy for getting pregnant, for maintaining your health, for having a healthy delivery can most definitely lead to problems with breastfeeding, which are often overlooked by the OBGYNs. You want to be looking for breast growth during pregnancy. If you needed fertility treatment, that can mean some hormonal problems, thyroid problems. If you are of advanced maternal age, after 35, having your first baby, if you're gestational diabetic, if you have any hypertension, if you've had any breast surgery, If you end up having a C-section, how the baby is lying in utero, if they're breech, if they're Mm -hmm. being delivered by vacuum delivery, if they're born before their term, and if the mother has a high BMI. These are all risk factors for establishing milk supply. And when you have risk factors for establishing milk supply, that means you have risk factors for being able to breastfeed from day zero, which is right Mm -hmm. after birth. So... If you know you have risk factors, I would hire a lactation consultant. And whether or not Mm -hmm. you do have risk factors, I would take a prenatal breastfeeding class with your Mm -hmm. partner. So you both have an idea that, oh, this is going to be happening at least eight to 12 times a day around the clock from the Mm -hmm. moment the baby is born. Can you elaborate a bit more on when you say risk factors? I know you highlighted certain conditions. Is that something moms are aware of, you know, like something you should bring up with your OBGYN? Well, they should be bringing it up, but I would not guarantee that that is happening. I I often have conversations like this with OBGYNs and 
A very common response is, I don't want to make the mother nervous. Weeks mm -hmm. later, they're in my office crying, mm -hmm. saying, why didn't anybody tell me that oh. all of these things could lead to difficulty mm -hmm. breastfeeding? And not that it's the end of mm -hmm. the road. There's nothing mm -hmm. to be done about it. You want to establish a good milk supply from the beginning if your baby is not latching well by pumping eight times a day. You want to use a hospital-grade pump. You want to learn hand expression. You want to know signs of a good feeding. You want to know mm -hmm. signs of adequate milk transfer and whether the baby is growing well. And if not, supplement sooner rather than later. So then you're not traumatized when you go to the pediatrician and find out the baby hasn't gained any weight and has in fact lost more mm -hmm. weight. You're not traumatized by, I wanted to feed my baby formula as much as possible. And then that can sabotage mm -hmm. your milk supply. So I think knowledge is power. I know that physicians do not receive a lot of breastfeeding education in their training, mm -hmm. whether any discipline of medicine. I wish if I could change one thing, it would be that every OB and every pediatrician has an infant feeding specialist in their office as an employee and not mm -hmm. somebody that you then have to look for out of network, out of office, on your own, suddenly when you have a new baby. It's True. very stressful to have to find someone to fix the situation when you're now home with your new baby. Oh, absolutely. It's something, you know, I've experienced it firsthand. It was a mad rush to just, yeah. to just find out someone and then figure it out. So if I say I'm expecting and uh, I go to my OBGYN and my doctor checks up and say, hey, you know, you have these potential issues, you know, like you are 35 years of age or you're mm -hmm. diabetic. Then you are suggesting I become kind of a self-proponent and say, I have these issues and it's possible I may have breastfeeding challenges when my baby is born. So mm -hmm. that is something like, how do we educate parents about it? Because then what happens is that you are so focused on making sure that your pregnancy is smooth, birth goes well, that breastfeeding kinds of takes a backseat. So do you think that if they take a breastfeeding class, they would be aware of it? Or is there a separate resource they can actually go and refer to and learn about it? Because like, you know, you and me, have, we have discussed this so many times. Awareness is a big problem. So how do we generate that awareness? I don't know how to do that. <laughs> that is what I'm breaking my head over. Um, uh -huh. mm -hmm. Because I don't see OBs wanting to add that, add a lactation consultant to their staff. There is the Millie Clinic in Berkeley. So that's a good example of somebody that has taken it upon themselves to employ a lactation consultant. It's not easily reimbursed by insurance. So doctors may not want to hire someone that is just going to be, they have to pay out of pocket and don't get reimbursed by insurance. That's a problem. But mm -hmm. I, I wish that doctors explained more. It's not just, for example, distinctional diabetes. We have to worry that your baby doesn't get too big or that your mm -hmm. baby is too small. What that will mean if your blood sugars are not in check, it's influencing the baby while you're mm -hmm. pregnant. It's not mm -hmm. just, we don't want you to get type 2 diabetes someday. It's your baby when they are born is now, because you are a gestational diabetic, need glucose monitoring. 
if your baby's glucose and otherwise, if it's, if you don't have gestational diabetes, the baby will not have blood sugar checks. But because you are, if the baby's small for gestational age, large for gestational age, every three hours that baby's heel is going to be stuck and you're going to be given a number. If it's too low, the baby's going to be given glucose gel to raise the blood sugar. If it's too low too many times in a row, they go to the NICU. These are all things that I know if mm -hmm. I was pregnant, gestational IBs, I know it's hard to keep your blood sugars in range, but it's not just because, oh, we want you to be healthy. It is because your baby is being influenced by what's going on in your body and your breasts are influenced mm -hmm. by whether you have insulin resistance or not. Your breasts, uh, I do a lot of mechanical analogies, maybe because I'm married to a mechanical engineer, not really <laughs> sure, but it is like a well machine. It either is or isn't mm -hmm. between. But if you're going to be driving your car across the country, you want to get everything checked. And if something's low or high, you need to get it fixed before you go on this 3000 mile journey. So in my mind, if you're, imagine your body is like the dashboard of your car and you check one of those lights, advanced maternal age, gestational diabetes, hypertension, history of breast surgery, cesarean, which you don't know yet, preterm, high BMI, it should be an alarm in your mind like, oh, all of these things could affect breastfeeding. So why not speak to somebody who is an expert from the beginning? Granted, if your OBGYN is knowledgeable and has time to discuss it with you, great. If not, you hook up with somebody beforehand. And what we would probably tell you at week 36 or 38, depending on your situation, you can start hand expression. You can start certain herbs your last mm -hmm. trimester of pregnancy. You can start thinking about this kind of diet. You can start thinking about renting a hospital grade pump and mm -hmm. where to do that and what insurance will cover. And just being aware of what it feels like if you are establishing an adequate supply. If your breasts, for example, did not change during pregnancy, it should not be a shock when you're there day three wondering why am I not getting any milk that you need to have breast growth of glandular tissue to make milk. I will say you need the hardware to make the software. We always remain optimistic. There's always hope that it will come together. But I want women to be aware of their own bodies and that the change is not just from below the waist down. It should also be above the waist. And the reasons why is because your mammary glands need to prepare to make the milk. And it, it's not happening. You want to know what to do so that you can have a very smooth transition after the baby's born. And when you go at home and you're not in panic mode, day three, when your baby hasn't had a wet or dirty diaper since they were in the hospital, and now you're running to Target, and now you're trying to figure out what to do, and you're Googling it, and you can't get an appointment with anybody yeah. for another week. Yeah. So, so you are saying that if you are pregnant and you are aware of the risk factors, there's a lot which new parents or parents-to-be can do to ensure that they have a plan in place to deal with any of these situations when it arises. So first being aware that, hey, you have a risk factor, which helps you ask the right question with your OBGYN or take a breastfeeding class or talk to a lactation consultant beforehand. 
and mm-hmm. that helps with eventually understanding that hey these are the different paths or these are the different possibilities which might happen and in case of each of these possibility there is someone i can reach out to so i can't emphasize it enough that being aware that hey you know this is a potential scenario i can face can really help parents prepare for how do i even handle it rather than you know just being bewildered when it's happening i see it happening this all the time to me as well mhm well there also is something that is no longer happening is mm-hmm. in person support groups so if you have your baby and you really aren't sure what's going on you would go to a free hospital based support group led by lactation professionals you would weigh your baby and they would answer your questions that's no longer happening since covid so yeah. for example i worked with a woman last week age 41 ivf does have enough milk baby had a tongue tie baby had the tongue tie fixed 9 weeks old she in her lifetime has never been in a room with a woman that is breastfeeding to see what it looks like to see kind of how their day goes it, you know because it also goes into sleep and how do i know my baby's hungry and how do i know they're fussy mm-hmm. cuz they're tired i cannot imagine parenting the first 3 months mm-hmm. alone with my partner who also probably wouldn't have had experience if it's a first baby never spending time with another mother and their mm-hmm. baby i can't imagine doing it in a vacuum it would be like learning to play the french horn <laughs> on youtube i mean i guess it can be done huh. think about the lips and the tone and how much you would gain from an in-person teacher versus you you know cuz piano mm-hmm. actually yeah. you probably could teach yourself but an instrument that you actually have to blow <laughs> like yeah um, baby has to be latched on well their lips mm-hmm. have to be a certain way their head has to be a certain way they have mm-hmm. to be able to provide good suction if you've never been with somebody doing that seeing it how really are you going to know your it's going well and my favorite consult is prenatal set you up for success mom calls me after the baby arrives debra everything's great i don't need you amen hallelujah yes <laughs> my worst consult is the baby's 2 weeks old hasn't regained birth weight i don't know what to do baby falls asleep at the breast and i'm using an lv pump and it hurts it's like okay let's dial that back and you're using the pump twice a day <laughs> Oh, it the plan should be breastfeed if the baby's needing supplementation supplement certain kinds of bottles breast pump every 3 hours for 20 minutes each side higher lactation consultant or get yeah. help from someone and move on but don't wait 2 weeks to get help this concludes part 1 of our breastfeeding series with Debra where she spoke about risk factors for establishing milk supply how they can impact your breastfeeding journey and how you can prepare in advance in our upcoming second series we will talk about how to prepare for breastfeeding during your pregnancy and how you can build your postpartum support system so do not forget to subscribe and keep listening to our awesome series on breastfeeding thank you